What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, this is the Whiskey, Whiskey Jedi Podcast, and uh, I am Jake Berlin. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I see a couple couple of you in the chat, and I greatly appreciate it. I got to throw the name up there just because, you know, it's a very special episode today. Very special episode. If you've uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know exactly why I'm super psyched. Uh, last week, as I adjust my camera, I apologize. Um, I'm just trying to get the sign a little bit more. Uh, we got some awesome news that uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead Winstead, Winstead, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, uh, is going to be joining the Star Wars Galaxy and in the form of Ahsoka. Uh, super hyped. Obviously, got to rep my girl. Um, it's a Star Wars series I'm looking forward to the most right now. And having one of my favorite actresses join the series is super, super exciting. And I just want to talk about it. I just want to hang out. I want to drink some whiskey. I want to talk about it. Um, I've been lucky enough to be joined by a couple guests over the last couple shows. Uh, I had Adam Collins on recently. That was a fantastic episode. We talked about Boba Fett. We talked about Cobra Kai. Uh, we found out that we have a lot of similarities between the two of us. Um, and he'll definitely be back. And then Sean Sullivan was the episode before that. Obviously, breaking down everything Boba Fett and this couple of shenanigans between him and I because we uh, we riff off of each other so well. Um, I will say right off the bat, there is a plan to have them on together here very soon. Um, and they're essentially going to educate me in everything The Witcher. Uh, we have all finished season two of The Witcher. They play the video games and um, they're going to, we're just going to break it all down, talk about it, kind of have a little fun with that. Um, I also will say off the bat for all of you watching, I'll make sure to say it at the end. Um, this will be an upcoming episode as well. You guys can see as I move away from my lights, uh, I have IG 11 hot toy and i obviously have mando well this came in the mail the day before mary elizabeth weinstead was casted in ahsoka and i was planning on doing it in the next episode but obviously this takes precedence um my avengers endgame captain marvel hot toy came in uh so in an episode very soon i'm just gonna hang out i'm gonna build it drink some whiskey talk with you guys i'm super hyped uh this is my favorite look of her so far and I can't wait to put it together. It's just sitting, staring at me. And so I'm excited to kind of uh, see what that looks like put together and everything. But I see everybody in the chat. RD, John, Brandy, as always, thank you so much for joining me. Um, so look, we we talk things that I love to talk about here on the channel. Um, for the majority of it, it's Star Wars. Uh, whichever way I have it with Star Wars. It can be Boba Fett. It can be a casting like we're talking today. Um, it can be something like I'm breaking down a scene in The Empire Strikes Back, which... The video actually pops up quite a bit on my feed, uh, like those recommended pages, and it always kind of takes me back. Um, I love doing that, and I'll have to do one of those again. I have a, I have a plan and an idea for a line I kind of want to break down. Um, but uh, the other part of the show is obviously the whiskey. And I want to give a big shout-out to the POV patron and, and just an all-around great dude, um, Andy. Uh, you might know him as Hobbit F Andy uh, all over social media inside the super or inside the YouTube chats. Um, it's spectacular. She went on spectacular in December. Uh, he visited all the way from Australia and he brought me this bad boy. Um, I know you can get it in the States, but he brought it straight from the homeland. Star Ward. I have the twofold. Uh, it's double grain, but it's Australian whiskey. Truly Melbourne born and bred. Now that is a tongue twister. That is a tongue twister, ladies and gentlemen. 
Um, so yeah, I'm super hyped. Uh, I have never uh, had this and it's always popped up on my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, just because it's obviously very close to Star Wars. Um, and obviously a lot of whiskey stuff will pop up as well. I'm super excited to try it. It's something I've wanted to try for a while. And Andy, uh, you know, very generously gave me one. Uh, so thank you, Andy. I see you there, man. Thank you. I'm excited. Um, I have not opened it yet. Uh, oh my God. I made it everybody. I made it. I made it. I got, a. Uh, I got spammed. I love it. Thank you so much for spamming me. I feel like, I feel like I'm a celebrity now. feels fantastic. Um, as it keeps going. Oh my goodness. I'm the only uh, person that's allowed to do this on this channel, so I got to keep doing it. Okay, good. It's all blocked. I hope anyway. Um, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pour myself a glass. I'm going to smell it, taste it. I'm not going to reveal anything just yet, but I want to talk a little bit about Star Wars. So um, if you guys have any questions about it, maybe any thoughts on Mary Elizabeth Winestead joining Ahsoka, uh, you know, comments on who she could possibly be playing. Uh, we'll dive into that here in just a sec. But let me go ahead and get, get this going. I read on the website, uh, I pulled it up, and although you can kind of pour whiskey any way you would like, it did say neat or in a cocktail. It didn't say anything about on the rocks. So I'm leaving the rocks behind today. I am doing it their way. And uh, not to say that I don't like it neat, um, but I typically put well, maybe like an ice cube or two in there. So I will say off the bat, great color, fantastic color, uh, like that mild brown, right? Kind of like hate. Like I always, um, I always compare it to like a hazelnut. Like that's what I imagine hazelnut to look like. Um, so fantastic looking color, even in the bottle. And hopefully my lighting doesn't screw it up too much. But you can kind of see it's a little bit of that darker color, which I really like for a bourbon. You don't want it to look too light. Um, cause then you would, you, you would know that it maybe, maybe it doesn't have too much like oomph to it. Like oomph. If, if my mic picked that up, I apologize if it didn't. So yeah, look, I'm going to read the, the little synopsis here and a synopsis breakdown, um, tease, if you will, introduction to the twofold double grain Australian whiskey. It says here, twofold is an awarded approachable whiskey crafted to be enjoyable uh, any way you like it. What gold decor? What gold decorates this bottle? Well, we're the gold medal winner at San Francisco World Spirit Awards in 2020, but also the best Australian blended whiskey at World Whiskies Awards 2020 and 2019. Wow. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty fancy there. So I'm gonna see if it says anything in the back. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna read this on the back of the bottle too. A flavor forward Australian whiskey matured in Australian red wine barrels. Love it. This ambition expression marries two quintessentially Australian grains, wheat and malted barley, and elementally matures them in Melbourne's intensely reactive climate. Twofold promises to deliver an approachable whiskey with bright aromas and spiced vanilla, tropical fruits, and cereals. The palate is rounded, carrying hints of red apples and berries. The finish is delicate with soft uh, tannins and lingering red fruits. Interesting. A lot of fruit there. A lot of fruit. Oh, Brandon, you got the Nova version. I'm interested. I'm definitely interested. Uh, this is the one that's popped up the most. So I'm I'm very uh, happy that Andy brought this one. I've seen this one around the most, the the twofold. And so I'm I'm very interested. I obviously would like to try them all, but 
I'm happy that the two folds in my in my grasp. I also love the logo of it. The, the logo of it is absolutely beautiful. But let me go and take a taste and we'll talk some Star Wars here. Get a little smell. I mean, I can definitely smell those berries. Okay. Ooh, wow. Okay, that is... Look, I've said this on the show before, and I get it. I And maybe I say it too much. That might be a one-of-a-kind whiskey that I have on my shelf at the moment. And I have, probably, I have a lot. Like, I probably have around 15 bottles. I do not have one that tastes like this. And that's a good thing. Um, okay. Okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in. We'll, we'll dive into it a little bit more uh, after I talk some Star Wars. So uh, let's talk about Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. That's such a like such a handful to say, right? Um, but look, my my love for her uh, started a long time ago when she when she po- played uh, Royal Pain in Sky High. Now I am sure I've seen her multiple things maybe before that. Definitely after that, uh, I want to make sure I pull up her entire filmography here so uh yeah look sky high roll royal pain in 2005 i was wasn't even in high school then i apologize if i aged somebody who's watching i deeply apologize um and then the big one for i think a lot of people is scott pilgrim versus the world right she uh she played a huge huge role in that movie as ramona flowers um the one that really kind of put her on the map per se even though like sky high Sky High is interesting. It's it's almost like a cult classic. It wasn't like hugely popular then, but because we grew up with it and it's a movie that we were, you know, a little younger with as it came out and then it kind of grew up over time with us. It's much more appreciated now than it was back then. Um, and she plays a great character in Royal Pain in that in that movie. Uh, love her. I also forgot she played uh, she played John McClane's daughter in live free or die hard. I completely forgot about that. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with her in it. Uh, I, I thought she was great. Uh, you know, obviously die hard kind of took a little bit of a downward spiral after the third one. Cause they kept trying to remake them and I'm not remake them. This kind of continuing them. But yeah, I forgot that she was in that. And then uh, she hit, she had some movies here and then, you know, she was obviously in the prequel of the thing. She was in death proof, Abraham Lincoln vampire her in which, I highly recommend that movie is a freaking load of fun. Um, Some smaller films. And then uh, she made big when she did 10 Cloverfield Lane back in 2016 for Dan Trachtenberg, uh, the the new Cloverfield film that really kind of wanted that they wanted to kickstart a whole new thing in Cloverfield movies. And we had no idea was a Cloverfield movies until like the last like five or 10 minutes of the, of the movie, obviously birds of prey, Right, playing Huntress uh, two years ago now. God, that's crazy that that came out two years ago. Uh, and like John said in the chat, Fargo, which she co-starred alongside her um, her beau, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, Ewan McGregor. Uh, they were in season... Ooh, someone's going to have to correct me because I forgot. I want to say season two, maybe season one. It's been a while since I've caught up on Fargo. Uh, but she's kind of been all over the map, right? 
She's had some really good roles. She's had some okay roles. She's done her stint on TV. She's not like a huge name actress, uh, but for some reason, she really just clicks with me. I I really do love her work. Um, if you have not seen Kate on Netflix, it might not be like a great movie, but she kicks ass in Kate. Um, she plays a character who is essentially a hit woman and she's been poisoned and she has to find uh, the cure essentially um, to save herself in like 24 hours or 48 hours or something like that. Um, it might even be less than that. Uh, but she kicks major ass in that movie. If you thought she kicked ass in Huntress or in Birds of Prey, she kicks absolute ass in a Kate and it's a fun time. Um, so yeah. Uh, but no, when when this when this was announced last week, it, I obviously wasn't expecting it. I was not expecting to see someone like Mary Elizabeth Winestead be cast in the role. Um, or in the show, not the role, because we don't know what she, who she's playing yet. Um, and of course, like anybody can be cast in anything, but at this point, you know, they cast Sabine. They have Rosaria Dawson as Ahsoka. Uh, we don't know officially whether or not Ezra and Thrawn are going to be in the show or not. Of, of course, Star Wars fans are like, it's obvious. Sabine's in it. We know what they're going to be doing. Um, so when that happens you don't think of a big name actress just because we don't know any major roles that are really left. And to me, and this just might be my biased opinion coming off of being a fan of hers, but you don't cast someone like her. If it's not a role that is quote unquote juicy, that isn't something that can be continued for not just an episode, two episodes, like for on, like, if this was a situation where this was a role like Fennec Shand in Mando season one, where initially she was just supposed to die. She wasn't supposed to come back to life. She wasn't supposed to be in Mando season two. She definitely wasn't supposed to be in the book of Boba Fett. And they casted Mary Elizabeth Weinstead for a one-off. And that's a big bummer. That is a big fail on their part to not have her continue on in a role for a while. Um, and again, this might be a biased opinion of mine, but you cast her for a reason. Now, of course, she has an in with you one, right? He's playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. That series comes out later this year. Maybe she's a super hardcore Star Wars fan, but we don't know that. Uh, she's around our age, I want to say, or my I should say my age. I apologize, everybody. Um, let me see. So she probably grew up with the prequels. Let's see. Oh, so she's no, she's actually a little bit older than me. Um, so she's about eight to ten years older than I am. So, of, well, look, she grew up the prequel still, but she was a little older. Um, so Star Wars might mean a lot to her. I don't know. But having you on there and this new show of Ahsoka with the possibilities of having characters from any point in the galaxy, new characters, characters we've seen before. They're going to want someone who is recognizable, right? Uh, you casted a newcomer for Sabine, um, someone who isn't recognizable to the fans. You also casted another young woman to play another role. Uh, and I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head. I'll look up the cast here in a sec. And we don't know who she's playing. So at the moment, the only recognizable face slash name in that show is Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. 
And you want that because she's the leader. She's the one who is in the forefront. It's her show. She's on the billboard, right? So when you get Mary Elizabeth Winestead, someone who has played in the Birds of Prey realm, someone who has done movies, done shows, uh, she is well known to the outside audience, especially her face. She is recognizable. Putting her in a role that maybe Star Wars fans know is acceptable. But also, if she is playing an unknown role, it helps build whatever they're trying to do with this show. Um, or it helps build the character they're trying to create for the very first time and, and get that character to be won over by the fans. Um, now, I want everyone's thoughts on this because it's something that crossed my mind almost immediately when I heard the news. Uh, the time frame, the story, if we know exactly what's being told. And when I say that, I'm speaking of uh, Thrawn and Ezra, the searching of or the aftermath of. And I'm I'm not saying I 100% buy into this or that I agree with this, but this is just something that came across my mind. And please comment, thoughts, etc. What are the chances that we just found out who was casted as Hera? What if they put Mary Elizabeth Weinstead in the role of Hera Syndulla? A very popular character from Rebels. Has connections to Ahsoka. Has connections to Sabine. Also, Hera's been around for a very long time. She made it through the original trilogy. We know that the ghost was seen at the end of the Rise of Skywalker in the final battle. And... That means she made it then in makeup and with the aging of Twi'lex. Having someone like Mary Elizabeth Winestead who can play younger, but also play older kind of makes a lot of sense. It's a juicy role. The possibilities for her to show up on a lot of Star Wars properties is very high. Something like Mandalorian, Boba Fett, uh, and or I don't know. I'm just taking wild guesses here on the shows that we know about the moment. Obviously, Ahsoka. It's very possible. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm not saying I like this is what I'm I'm going forward with. But the chances that she has been cast as Harrison Dula are somewhat high. Um and the reason why I want to say this, and again, this isn't this isn't something to go off of for future stuff, but when they and I'm going to bring up the cast actually real quick. Hold on, I want to bring up because I want to know her name, Ivana uh, Sakno Sanko, Ivana Sakko. Okay, uh, she was casted in a and they said quote unquote new role, right? When the, when the announcement was made that she was casted in Ahsoka, it was quote-unquote new role. When the announcement was made for a Mary Elizabeth Winestead, I believe it was Deadline that made the announcement, it said Mary Elizabeth Winestead joins Ahsoka series in unknown role. Now again, this could be me buying into it. I'm not 100% saying this is the case. 
But when I say when when I read unknown role, that means the role is being kept under wraps. That means they're not telling anybody. Maybe the insider just didn't have the option to get it. Maybe the insider just didn't have the right information or or they jumped the gun and wanted to get the story out there before someone else. It's possible. But when I see an unknown role, to me, that says, oh, wait a second. That could be a character we actually know. That could be someone that we've seen before. And obviously, when you think of Ahsoka and Sabine, the first thought outside of Ezra and Thrawn is Hera. Now, again, I'm not buying into this completely. I'm just kind of playing the opposite cards here, having a little fun with the conversation. Uh, Andy says, I've seen a lot of people guess that. And also, my mouse has been so weird today. I apologize. Uh, this might sound weird, but she seems pretty tall, where Hera is quite short, so I don't think it is. Yeah, I mean, as far as aesthetic goes and, and like, the details, I agree. Um, I 100% agree with you. The only thing I will say is that we've seen roles in the past where that doesn't really matter. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not talking about stars. I'm talking about other things. Um, animation obviously transfers over very differently to live action. And when it comes to Star Wars, the closest thing I can say is that, remember when we were talking about Ahsoka's head tails? When she was the first look photo of her or when she first showed up in her, in her episode? Oh, I mean, well, all the fanboys obviously are like, oh, the last time we saw her in Rebels, uh, her head tails were so much bigger. They were so much taller and they looked different. Well, guess what? Doesn't transfer over to live action as well as we hoped it would. Now, of course, something like height plays a big role and she is a pretty tall woman and Hera isn't like massively tall. But would that like really matter? And again, I'm just playing the devil advocate here. Would that like really matter? Um, if I had a preference, I would kind of like to see her in a new role. Something that's very interesting and meaty. Obviously I would love to see her wield like a lightsaber or be some kind of super badass because I think she fits the role very well. Um, her last two major movies in Birds of Prey and Kate were both action-driven, right? Huntress, uh, the role of Kate was essentially something like the raid, uh, blood, violence, stuff like that. So she, fit, she fits the build of, of stuff like that pretty well. Um, but outside of Hera, there's no other role that I could see her really playing. Like, I don't know. She, she could be an ally of Ahsoka. She could be um, an antagonist of the series. Maybe she's working with, like, just let's say that Thrawn is the overall villain of the series. She could be one of, one of Thrawn's minions. There's a lot of possibilities for her to be any kind of character. And because it is unknown, right? It's it could be anybody. Um, but I think that there's a if I were to give a percentage, I'd say as far as like an even number goes, 
I'd say like a 35% chance, just like a solid ground number that she could be Harrison Dula. Um, I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be really cool uh, if she was something like Hera, you know, but obviously Hera being a, a Twi'lek and in the makeup, you can honestly cast anybody. You really can. Um, maybe it's just me saying, oh, if she was Hera, that means she can be around for a long time. <laughs> and that's a little selfish opinion of mine because I'm such a Mary Elizabeth Winestead fan. Uh, I think she's great. I think she's so underrated. But um, look, the possibilities for her character are quite just, they're really endless at the moment. We don't really know anything. Uh, I'm very curious to find out. I don't know if Inquisitors are alive at this time, but I think it'd be really cool for her to be a bad guy. Uh, I think she'd do very well playing opposite someone like uh, Rosario Dawson. Seeing them kind of go at it with lightsabers would be really cool. But again, I don't know if that's a thing. Also, it's my my thing of like, well, Ewan McGregor is one of the most popular and heroic Jedi of all, Jedi of all time. Imagine if his significant other was like one of the most evil uh, force users that we've seen in live action Star Wars for a while. That'd be very cool. I see Curtis in here saying Mara Jade. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I don't know if they're ever going to do anything with Mara Jade. I would love for them to do that. I just don't know where she would fit in with where the galaxy is right now, right? The Emperor's gone. Vader is gone. Outside of the First Order building out in like wild space, what... What is like the evil side of it all, right? Because Marjade started off as a bad guy. She started off a bit, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, yeah, she started off as a bad guy, and then she was turned. Um, but again, they could change her story because she's she's someone who is we've never seen in live action before or canon, I should say. Star Wars canon is what I should say. Uh, she was seen in Legends. She's popular in Legends, but she, we've never seen her in modern day Star Wars canon, and so they could change her story and make her an ally for Ahsoka. Um, and that's a good, that's a good thing. Like good thing to bring up is you have someone like Ahsoka leading the series and why she worked so well in rebels is because she had a counterbalance in someone like Vader uh, or the inquisitors, right? She wasn't just fighting uh, Imperial soldiers or droids. She was fighting people with the force and with Ahsoka. And this also goes to uh, her episode in the Mandalorian season two, the Jedi. She was overpowering for most of the part until the very end where she faced the, and I forget the leader's name, the woman. Um, but I've also seen the arguments that she wasn't holding her lightsabers the correct way in that episode. So she wasn't really like taking it fully serious. And she wasn't you like really like it wasn't really a true test to her. I really do feel like if you're doing an Ahsoka Tano series, you need to have someone who can counterbalance her because she is so powerful. She's so strong in the force. If there's no one opposite of her who has the ability to use the force. How how is how are we ever going to feel like she can be beaten or that like anything is a real test for her? Uh, obviously like emotional stakes and stuff like that is a big thing, but the force is the most powerful thing in the galaxy. And if there's nothing else to counter her that has that, 
what is she going to be fighting? You know, and maybe it is Mary Elizabeth Weinstead as a bad guy who has the ability to use the force. Like, that'd be cool. I'm down. I would love to see her with a red lightsaber. I'm all for that. Uh, it'd be very interesting. I think it'd be, I, I think she can channel something that we've never seen her before. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not against that. I, I, why not? Like, give her the chance to do it. I, the only thing that I would say is like, hopefully she doesn't die. Cause I don't want to see her die. I, I want to see her around in star Wars for a long time. That's just my selfish being saying that because I'm such a fan. All right. Uh, let's see Hobbit here or Andy. Actually, I got a couple of, uh, so Andy, you're right. I'll be happy if it is Hera because that means more of a chance at seeing Jason. Ah, you're correct. You're hundred percent correct. Uh, that storyline thread is like right there. Uh, it's at this time period. Like, where is Jason? What is he doing? Does Jason train with Ahsoka? Like maybe that's a thing. Does Jason go to Luke's temple? I don't know. Just throwing ideas out there, you know? Obviously, that's out there. Does he even be become Force-sensitive or, or part of the Force? Does he follow in his mother's footsteps more than his father's? Possibilities are out there. I also want to see a little kid with green hair. Kind of cool. You know? It's a human-slash-Twilight hybrid. Pretty cool. So, uh, all right, start firing some comments in here, guys. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'm going to start talking about this whiskey a little bit. So, again, um, Star Ward Two Full Double Grain Australian Whiskey. Uh, so, I didn't talk about much about it when I tried it up top. And I'll say this. This is the fruitiest whiskey I've ever tasted in my entire life. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Uh, I do. I mentioned that I don't have a single thing like this in my, in my uh, shelf real quick. Uh, my shelf in the kitchen, excuse me. And that is because I've never had such a fruity whiskey. Uh, when it says on the back, uh, hints of red apples and berries. The finish is delicate with soft tannins and uh, lingering red fruits. That is 1000% true. And it's almost refreshing. Like some whiskey has a bite, right? And this definitely has a bite. Like it has a it has a nice bourbon bite, which I really appreciate because that's what you want. We talked about it on I want to say what Sean was on last. Uh so two episodes ago. We talked about how we appreciate when whiskeys have a bite to them because that's that's when you know that like someone has really put their love and care into it. This has a bite. It just has a little bit of a fruity bite. Um and it's very different from anything here that I have. And that makes it very unique. It makes it dangerous. It makes it very good because it's a different palette, right? I'm not just going into the shelf and, you know, even though that all the bourbons are different, some of them taste very similar because they all have the very, like the vanillas, the oaks, you know, those type of flavors. This has none of that. It, I mean, maybe a little vanilla with, with the sweet sensation, a tiny bit, but for the most part, it's very berry centric, very fruit centric. And it makes me appreciate it more as I drink it because it's so different. Um, I would be very interested to taste this in some kind of cocktail. I would be very interested to see what kind of cocktail that would be. Uh, I'm going to have to leave that up to Sean. Sean's the cocktail maker. Um, and maybe we get, get him a bottle and, and we kind of test some things out. Cause I know that he was interested in trying this. 
Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, it's just different. It's not what I expected because it. So the nose, when I smell it, which I guess I can smell this. It's not as fruity. It's a little bit just more sweet flavor when I smell. But when you taste it, it's the complete opposite. And that's what I and I think we also talked about it. I think I talked about this with Adam. Uh, with Puncher's Chance two, or an episode ago. When you smelled it, when you got the uh, on the nose for the Puncher's Chance, it was one thing. But when you tasted it, it was a completely other thing. And we talked about how that's when you know a bourbon or a whiskey is good because it's not focusing on one flavor, right? It's not focus, focusing on, you know, for example, for let's say the puncher's chance, it's not focusing on the vanilla or the Oak sensation. It's focusing on those two plus three, four, five, six other flavors that are all hitting you at once. And that's what this is doing. You can taste all of the berries and the fruits kind of hitting you at once when you taste it, whereas the smell has a little bit more of a sweet sensation that throws you off the, you know, the kind of uh, throws you off track, uh, you know, right before you start tasting it. So, Andy, you did well, my friend. And that Nova, the the uh, Star Wars Nova, I'd be very interested in how different this is from the Nova. Because I have a. I ha Oh, man, that's. As, as I drink it more, it's a little bit more refreshing. Um, I have another wine one in my shelf. It's the Burning Chair. It's it's made out of Napa here in California from one of the most popular uh, winemakers that's ever been in Napa. And like a number of years ago, he started making whiskeys and he started uh, doing it inside of his wine casks. And this is what this is. This is made in some wine barrels. Um, so that's where that fruity sensation comes from. Uh, that it helps obviously, but you kind of blend in a bunch of different things like the whiskeys and, you know, uh, all those other flavors that they're trying to build. Um, yeah, I great. It's, it's not what I expected, but that's not a bad thing. Um, I appreciate how different it is. And Andy, answer me if I'm, or correct me if I'm wrong, excuse me. Uh, or I guess I correct me. I guess, you know, I do have a question. Um, are whiskeys in Australia, are they a little bit more fruit driven, like wine barrels, stuff like that? Um, or are they kind of like, you know, the states where they do the bourbons, the basic bourbons and the rise and stuff like that? I would love to know how the worlds do it. Obviously, like, right, you know, Europe, very Scots driven. They do have their bourbon and stuff, but it's very Scots driven because Scotland is right there. And, um, you know, it's it's just heavy over there. But and obviously Kentucky and stuff like that here is bourbon. You know, straight, straight Kentucky bourbon, as they say. Um, so I'd be interested in kind of what the palette is over in Australia. What you see more as a selection. Um, if it's a little bit more fruity. Um, okay, so it's similar to the U.S. Okay, good to know. What, which would, I guess would make sense. Uh, so bourbons, you know, a little bit more of the basic bourbon. And then you kind of get your little palate cleanser here with like the fruity stuff and the rye, stuff like that. So that's good to know. Because, for example, right, like. Kentucky bourbon, straight bourbon, you know, is very different than something like Japanese whiskey. Uh, Japanese whiskey is a is a very different hit than than a Kentucky bourbon, which is why I brought that up. Maybe Australian bourbon uh, is or Australian whiskey is a little bit different than something like the uh, you know the Scotch or the American bourbon. So um, I love trying things that 
I'll never get a chance to try. And even though this was on my list, uh, I'd have to go out searching for it. You know, I'd, I'd have to really go look at like the perfect total wine to see if they have it or um, the BevMo or maybe a random grocery store out in the middle of nowhere. So again, Andy, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, dude, if you want to bring some to celebration, I'll happily drink some with you. That'd be fun. I'd happily drink some with you. I'll maybe bring this too because I know Sean's going to be there. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Um, okay. Any Look, if you guys have any questions about anything Star Wars, I'd happily take them or anything else that's going on. Uh, you know, obviously, I would love to take you guys' questions about Ahsoka or anything like that. Mary Elizabeth Wine said, uh, maybe some recommendations that have, of stuff that I've seen from her. If you have not seen, maybe where you should start with her uh, movies if you haven't seen much of her. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm very excited with where the show is headed. Uh, I know most of you know, if you don't know, Ahsoka is one of my all-time favorite characters. Uh, when I last ranked my characters, and yes, we did that for Apocaflex a while ago. Um, I think she made my list at number three, I want to say. I think my list was Han Solo 1, Boba Fett 2, and Ahsoka at 3. It could be wrong. The list would be very different now. Um, just because so much in Star Wars has happened since then. Uh, you know, we got the Rise of Skywalker and, and a couple of the others. And we obviously got the Mandalorian. Um, you know, some of the Bad Batch stuff. We have Andor coming out. So that list would definitely change. Uh, and maybe that's something I do here. I don't know if you guys would like to see me rank my Star Wars characters. That'd be very difficult, obviously, but um, it's something I can do. And maybe even have a guest on to do that. I, that'd be awesome. Uh, but I have done that in the past, but I know for a fact it would be very, very different now compared to when I did just because we have a lot more characters. You know, we have the Din Djarins of the world and uh, the IG-11s and, you know, those types of characters, Fennec Shans um, that have popped up through television over the last couple of years that have really changed the perspective of Star Wars characters. Um, even someone like, and I always forget her name, but Amy Sedaris character from, uh, Star Wars TV that we saw yesterday on Boba Fett. Uh, I really enjoy her character, love her character. So, uh, not to say that she would make my top list, but just as an example, you know, um, you know, maybe, so maybe that's something I'm doing and I'll reach out and try and get a guest. Uh, all right, Andy here, though, there's a lot of similarities with scotch whiskeys. Um, there's more of a focus on gins, wine, and rum. Ah, interesting. Okay. So gin, I don't know. I don't think gin's very big here. I know that Ryan Reynolds has his gin company, Aviation. And obviously, you can get it anywhere. Uh, but I don't know that like it's like the hugest thing here. Um, rum is obviously everywhere. Wine is obviously very big. I mean, I live, I'm two hours from Napa. So, uh, wine is a huge thing here. And, and even like an hour that way, which I'm pointing North, uh, we have a place called, um, Amador County, excuse me, which is not as big as Napa and not as popular, but has a really, really good chunk of, uh, uh, of wine selections and wineries that you can go to for a day and have, have an absolute ball at. Um, I'm not a rum guy. I'm not a gin guy. I don't really drink wine. Uh, I, I try, if we go wine tasting, I try, but I don't like drink it here at home. I know Gabby loves it. We have bottles here. Maybe eventually I'll get there, but I'd rather, I'd much rather pour a glass of whiskey. So, um, EM, hey, EM, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I don't know if you rewind it or not, but let's see. Bri Brie Larson just posted a workout video on her YouTube channel today. She's training, the, uh, but she's training for Captain Marvel's. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I said it yesterday on Apocalypse. The movie does scare me a little bit because I want a direct sequel for Captain Marvel. I don't want all these other characters to be thrown in the mix. Um, and that's what it looks like with Monica Rambeau, uh, with Kamala Khan. Uh, and, and I get it. Like, I understand they're, they're kind of like the Captain Marvel heritage, right? They're like part of the family tree. I just don't want that to take away from Captain Marvel. Uh, I, I've said it from the very beginning. She is someone who can really take center point in the MCU if you give her the opportunity. And her movie wasn't the best. You know, I actually really do like it, but I understand its faults. But the sequel does scare me a little bit. Um, and yeah, it, it, it makes me nervous. It does make me nervous a little bit. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I like Brie Larson a lot. I like Captain Marvel, the character a lot. I trust Marvel, but I am nervous that the Marvels is going to kind of take over from Captain Marvel. Uh, John, non-Star Wars. Have you been watching Peacemaker? Yes, sir. I'm all the way caught up. We actually talked about it yesterday on, uh, Apocalypse. So that wasn't yesterday. That was Tuesday. Wow. My days are all messed up, everybody. Um, we did a spoiler review for the first four episodes on Tuesdays now. Uh, and I watched episode five today cause it came out today. I, I watch it weekly. Um, I think the show's brilliant. I think the show's really, really good. Uh, I think John Cena has really come into his own as an actor. I said it on Tuesday. I think Amelia Harcourt is the best character in that show. It's James Gunn being absolute James Gunn. It's the most James Gunn we've ever seen. I appreciate that Warner Brothers and HBO allowed him to do what he wanted to. And uh, I'm looking forward to where it's going. Uh, do I like the Peacemaker character? I mean, I like the show. I like the character, but I do hate the guy sometimes. Vigilante's hilarious. I'm curious on the whole butterfly thing. No spoilers, obviously. Uh, the whole sci-fi version of it all is very interesting because it was kind of one thing for the through the first couple episodes. And then it really just shifted gears. But um, I like it, and I'm interested in seeing how it finishes. Uh, but like I said, Amelia Harcourt is the best character in that show. Uh, another one from John here. I'm supposed to be going to Santa Barbara in July. Ooh, nice. Santa Barbara is beautiful. Have you ever been? Uh, Santa Barbara is beautiful. Wine in that area. Absolutely wine in that area. So I went to college for a year at a high school before I got hurt for baseball. Uh, well, it's actually where I got hurt for baseball. I was in San Luis Obispo, which was about an hour and a half-ish. Uh, away from Santa Barbara, north from Santa Barbara. Um, and there's wineries there in San Luis Obispo. Uh, there's wineries in Santa Barbara as well. Uh, it's a beautiful area. Uh, I don't know if it's still there because I haven't been in a while, but there is a restaurant on the pier in Santa Barbara. One of the best tuna melts I've had in my entire life. Amazing. Definitely go try if it's there. Um, but Santa Barbara's stacked with stuff, man. You can't go wrong with Santa Barbara. Uh, the main street of Santa Barbara where they have all the shops and, and stuff like that is beautiful. Um, some really great restaurants, stuff like that. So you're going to have a ball. You're going to have an absolute ball. Already, it sucks. Peacemaker isn't available in the UK. Yeah, it is, man. I'm sorry. Uh, that's a bummer. I saw that, uh, was it today or yesterday, that Disney Plus is now officially ramping up and allowing like a butt ton of other countries that they're now putting their platform out, which finally it's been nearly three years, like about damn time. Right. I hope HBO gets there too. Um, you guys deserve it. it. You guys deserve to see this stuff, man. Uh, especially if they don't want to bootleg or anything like that. 
Um, and something as big as Peacemaker, it should be made available everywhere, whether it's even if it's on another platform. Like, make a deal, you know, let let audience members see it. Uh, Ian, Bree is so sweet. She ends all of her vids with, I hope you are all happy and safe in your body. I'm looking forward to CM and Monica interacting. I wish Kara went back to Earth to hang with Maria more. Uh, first on the Breed YouTube channel, I've actually watched a couple of her videos. I do, I think I'm subscribed to it just because I like following different things. Um, and I've watched a couple of her things and she's pretty funny. She does some fun things. The fact that she games and stuff is really cool. Cool. Uh, we have something in common. We both converted our garages uh, into like little spaces. Hers is a lot better looking than mine. Uh, she obviously has a little bit more cash flow than me. Um, but she does some really cool stuff over there. But I do agree with you. I, I wish that Kara went back to Earth more. I'm looking forward to her interaction with Monica. It's probably not going to be a good reunion because of the way things were left off. But by the end, it'll probably be much better. Um, and, you know, it's about, you know, educating yourself and kind of growing those relationships, right? I Again, I just hope that Captain Marvel takes a forefront. It's her. It should be her movie. It really should be. Um, and the last time we saw her, she was flying off into space. So I'm not sure how that all catches up. Was Maria Rambo on the ship with Sam Jackson at the end of Far From Home? I don't know. Uh, but it's, I'm very interested to find out. Very interested to find out. Uh, Captain Marvel is a favorite of mine. And Ian, I don't know if you saw, but I have this to do very soon. I, I bought the Avengers Endgame Captain Marvel hot toy that I'll be doing very soon. So I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of Captain Marvel. So I want to see her do well in the uh, in, in the film verse. Curtis, I can't remember if they announced any characters that will be in Andor. No, I don't think they have. It's kind of been... It's been very quiet on the Andor front, which is weird because we're seeing it this year. Uh, let's see. Andor series cast. I know the actors in it. Like uh, Adria, Adria Arjona, Stellan Skarsgård, obviously. Um, Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. Kyle Soler as an unknown character. Denise Goff as an unknown character. And Fiona Shaw as an unknown character. Um... I guess they're not even unknown. They could be playing anybody. They just don't have their names down. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very curious. Uh, the cast like isn't huge at the moment, and it seems like it's going to be playing back and forth between flashbacks uh, when he was younger to his separatist parents and modern day Cassian right before Rogue One. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, I'm. I, it's well known that the winter soldier is one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. Uh, and it's, it actually is my favorite MCU film of all time. And it's been closely topped, but it's still at my number one. So I'm all about the spy thriller genre. And if you're going to give me an espionage thriller in star Wars, like sign me the F up, like seriously sign me the F up. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think Diego Luna is great. I'm glad that they decided to do this and kind of bring him back, um, tell a different story with him because the possibilities of that character are really endless before Rogue One because he was such a bad dude. Like the, when we first met him on the Ring of Kafrin, uh, he shot Tivik and killed him. Boom, in the back. So I'm curious to see that version of him before the events of rogue one and, and how he kind of turned out at the end of that film um, and how he was brought up with the separatists, right? We learned that his parents were separatists. So uh, the characters around him could be very interesting. Maybe some familiar faces. 
But I have a feeling it'll be a lot of new people because of the time period. It's that wiggle room right before Rogue One-ish, right after Episode 3, you know, or maybe even before. I don't know where the timeline exactly lies, but I'm excited. Uh, it's, what is it? Is it Tony Gilroy doing it too? I think he's doing it. Came back and did it after doing Rogue One. I want to double check. I believe he came back. Maybe not. Was he a writer on it? Yeah, Tony Gilroy. Yes. Um, but it only it says here they only did one episode, which doesn't make sense. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Tony Gilroy is eventually or kind of like show running it because he redid the the Rogue One uh, um, extra shooting towards the end of the uh, end of the film. So, yeah, the cast isn't like gigantic at the moment. We don't really know what's happening with this, which is interesting just because it's so close. We're supposed to be getting it this year um, and IMDb doesn't have a whole lot on it. Like it only says like Stellan Skarsgård in one episode. Like I doubt that. I highly doubt that. That's a, he's only in one episode. Uh, so very curious on that one. If it's coming out after Celebration, we could see a massive drop for stuff there, which I'd be curious about. But we'll never know, or we won't know now. Anyway, we'll, we'll know eventually, but we won't know now. Um, all right. Anything else? Anybody? Anything else? Why well, I kind of hang out and finish my Star Ward. Star, I tried to tweet at them today to hope they would retweet me or anything. It didn't happen, but it's okay. Um, maybe they'll see the video. Uh, RD, HBO is complicated. They have deals with certain companies. So companies like Sky have exclusive deals with them until 2024. Oh, that's a bummer, man. That's a bummer. Uh, it's very weird. I wish it was all the same everywhere because it's, it's like Disney, right? Like, it's nice to be able to watch the same thing at the same time when it comes to something like Star Wars and Marvel. So, uh, hopefully one day it'll, we'll get there. It would make sense for us to get there. Uh, John, watching the Apple shows. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Andy and Curtis saw this in the uh, POV Discord, uh, but I'm a big, big Apple guy. I have not watched a show on that platform that I have not liked at the moment. Um, I've watched a lot. But the three shows that I recommend, and I have not watched Servant. Um, I have not gotten there. I'm still trying to catch up on Invasion. And I'm forgetting the name of the other. The super crazy sci-fi one that has Lee Pace in it. Uh, oh, God, I got to remember the name. Anyway, uh, the three shows that I always mention for Apple Plus, if someone asks me. Watch For All Mankind first. It's one of my favorite sci-fi shows. I think the writing is brilliant. Uh, I love the story. The alternate universe thing where the Russians land on the moon first. Incredibly interesting. Uh, the direction it goes as well. I'm super excited for what happens next. So for all mankind first. C, the Jason Momoa uh, show where he lives in a world full of blind people. But his kids are able to see. Very interesting politics. The action is incredible. Uh, the style of the show is is beautiful. Um, so C is another one. And Dave Bautista played his brother in this past season. And the third is uh, Defending Jacob, which was um, a one-off. I doubt they'll do a second season. I know it kind of left on a cliffhanger. Um, 
But I thought defending Jacob was really, 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 really well done. Chris Evans, uh, Michelle Doherty, I want to say. Uh, I think that's her name, Michelle Doherty. Let me look up her name now. She's from uh, Downtown Abbey. Uh, let's see. Defending Jacob. I want to say her name is Michelle Do No, Michelle Dockery. That's what it is. Michelle Dockery. Uh, and then Jaden Martell, who is... He was the leader of the loser, the Losers Club in the It, the it movies. Um, he's in that film as well. And Pablo Schreiber plays a role in there as well. I think that show's amazing. Um, I hope it's just the one season because I kind of like the ending of it. Uh, so, and Chris Evans is brilliant seeing him in a very different role, but I really do like Michelle Dockery as well. She was Matthew McConaughey's wife in the gentleman for those who maybe saw that movie. Uh, that's the role that she played in that big movie recently for guy Ritchie. So yeah, those are the three I mentioned for all mankind C and defending Jacob. I do watch the morning show as well. I just haven't started season two yet. So I have not been able to catch up, uh, street next door. I've wanted to watch that. That's the, that's the Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell one, right? I've definitely wanted to watch that. And the after party, I haven't heard of the after party. I'll have to check that out. Um, I will definitely have to check that out. Already got films to catch up on. So got a lot of content to watch. Yeah, man, that's kind of how I am at the moment. Uh, when I have time, I actually, I actually just finished uh, season four, part one of Ozark today. Um, the first seven episodes because doing a part two. I finished the first seven episodes today. So now I have time to kind of go back and watch a couple movies that I've been missing. Um, but as you guys who have watched before, you guys know I watch a lot of television. I really, really like TV. I watch a lot of different television. Um, so I was doing my best to, to stick to Ozark and get that done. Now I can move on to something different. And that'll probably be a movie or two before I start another show. Because in the next couple months, I have some of my like most anticipated shows coming out. Two of them off the top of my head are Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 4 and Vikings Valhalla. Uh, those are both coming very soon. And I'm going to need all the time in the world to make sure I can binge the hell out of those. So, uh, And I'll definitely be covering those here. Uh, plus, stuff like Moon Knight and and finishing up Boba Fett and stuff like that. So uh, there's a lot coming our way because spring is a big time for TV. Um, EM, fun fact about Endgame. So Captain Marvel was actually a captain in uh, Infinity, uh, in the AF? Uh, oh, in the Air Force, excuse me. Sorry, the Air Force. Uh, Steve was a private in the Army in the OG Captain America, correct? When he traveled back in time with Stark, he finally got to wear a captain's uniform. Ha! Ah, that's a nice Easter egg. That's a great Easter egg. Uh, something I didn't catch, but definitely makes sense. That's a that's a great great catch there. Uh, fun fact from EM. That's awesome. You learn something new every day. Um, all right, I'm gonna finish up here in a little bit, guys. So make sure you get your final questions in for me. I'm gonna finish up this whiskey again. Star Ward, two full double grain Australian whiskey, courtesy of the great Hobbit F. Andy. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Fruity, uh, kind of like a delightful feeling. I don't really use that with whiskey a lot, but got a nice, refreshing, delightful feeling. So I really appreciate it. Very different from what I have on my shelf at the moment. Uh, John archive 81 on Netflix has been decent. Five episodes in haven't heard of that one. I'll have to check that out. See if I like the trailer or not. Archive 81 is an interesting name. Mortal Kombat 2 announced. Yes, Gio. I know, man. I put it up on Twitter. Look, uh, me, Gio, you know what? 
that's the perfect episode to get you and Jacob on Mortal Kombat. We're doing that eventually because I said it on Twitter. It's not going to be hard to top the first. It's not. The first was not very good. There are great things in it, but it just was not very good. They got the wrong director. I'm sorry. They just did not get the right director. They need to get someone who can really tackle this franchise. And like Gio said, it needs to have a flipping tournament. I get it. The characters fought, but the kid, like, it needs to be a tournament. That's what Mortal Kombat is for. Um, so I'm I'm curious. I'm interested. Uh, I'm I'm down for a sequel. I just think that they need to get someone who can really capitalize on these characters, knows them, and and give it a chance to really succeed. That's a great call, Gareth Evans for Mortal Kombat Two. He did the raid films. He would be a great great director for it. I do not disagree with that one one bit. At all. At all. And RD, you're not offending anybody here. You're really not. I hope I don't offend anyone with my comments, but I hate Mortal Kombat 21. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Geo, and I, if I believe this, Geo doesn't love it. He's just a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan, and he wants to see it succeed. Um, the possibilities for characters are, are awesome. Um, you know, uh, we have Jax, um, you know, we have all these characters that, that are there. Uh, oh, my God. Why am I forgetting her name? I'm going to look it up now. Because it's I, I look like a total newbie. Mortal Kombat. I'm not going to look in the chat in case any of you guys say it. Sonya Blade. Duh. Uh, and this might be... I might be in the minority. I might get hate for this. But I actually like the Cole Young character for Louis Tan. I actually very much enjoy him. I think that the character has really, really cool possibilities. Uh, I just don't know where it goes next. Obviously, Johnny Cage is headed our way with the ending there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, Gio, you and Jacob need to join me for a Mortal Kombat one, man. You need to join me for a Mortal Kombat episode. That'd be fun. That'd be that'd be a fun episode to kind of you know, talk about the disappointingness that was Mortal Kombat 21. Um but yeah, so I'll go and wrap it up here, everybody, because I kind of got off track with the whole Mary Elizabeth Winesett stuff. But you guys are throwing in some questions there. I talked for the first half hour about Ahsoka and Mary Elizabeth Winesett. Um, I cannot wait to see her in the show. Um, she is one of my favorite actresses on the planet right now. I think every time she's in a movie or a show, I'm intrigued. I'm excited to see what the possibilities are. Uh and it's maybe just a biased opinion, but I, I think that it just adds more to the Ahsoka show. Ahsoka is clearly one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Oh, uh, no, that's not. Clearly one of my favorite Star Wars characters. You can't see her, but she's she's right. She's right there. I need to get some lights for back there. Um, and anything that's added to this show gets me excited. And when it's Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, you guys saw my Twitter. I blew up. I was excited. I was ecstatic. Uh, sign me up. I, I think that she's going to add a lot of cool things to the show. I hope it's a role that continues past just this show. I hope we see her as a character that, um, you know, is is used in multiple facets going forward, not just a one-off, right? Not like at the moment, not someone like Cobb Vanth, who uh, we've only seen the, for the one episode we may never see again. 
Um, cause he quite honestly has kind of served his purpose. Uh, but that doesn't mean we won't ever see him again. So I really hope that it's a, a juicy role, a role that she can kind of sink her teeth into. And I'm excited to see it. Uh, I think she's a great, great actress and it got this fanboy very excited for what's happening with that show. Uh, you can see her, uh, Ahsoka's lightsabers right there. I'm going to buy a, or a, a holder soon so you can see them put up on the wall. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what hap what is going to happen with this show. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities for where this show can go, especially if it's going into the Ezra Thrawn territory. Uh, and you will definitely be seeing it covered, uh, by me on this channel and every channel, damn it. I'm going to cover it on every channel. I don't care if I'm not talking about it on that channel. I'm covering it because it's what Jake Berlin thrives at is covering Ahsoka Tano. Um, I'm a hardcore fanboy, so uh, and a hardcore fanboy of Mary Elizabeth Wine said, uh, I'm super super excited. So, hey, Galaxy Geeks, what's up? Hey, Luke, if that's you, um, I see that you said my wife loves Ahsoka. Well, she's a smart woman, she's a smart woman if she loves Ahsoka. So, thank you so much for popping in, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, Geo here, when's the next MCU watch along with you and Gabs? Well, hold on a sec. Oh, if my mouse works. Well, everybody, while everyone's watching, hold your horses. Stay there. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Tomorrow, actually, this is released. Iron Man 2. Uh, coming out hot. Uh, Gabby watched Iron Man 2 for the first time this week. I'm super excited for you guys to see this one too. Um, look, one of the most hottest movies to be talked about in the MCU, maybe not one of the most favorite, right? Uh, a lot of people talk about this movie for a long time. Uh, you know, a lot of hands in the kitchen early on days in Marvel third movie out of the gate. Um, I'm very excited for you to hear Gabby's thoughts on this movie. Very excited. And I will say this right now. I'll say this right now because I don't want to reveal too much. I don't want to reveal too much. There is a moment in this episode. I lost my mind. I lost my mind. I'll say this. She did not know who a specific character was until the very end. That's all I'm leaving it at. That is all I'm leaving it at. You'll see it tomorrow. I'm currently in the midst of editing it, so I'll probably be up all night for it. But she did not know who a character was in this movie. And I lost my mind. And all of you are going to lose your minds with me. And it's the perfect example as to why I wanted to do this with her. She has never seen an MCU movie. And it is the only reason why I need to show someone that she has never actually seen an MCU movie. Because she had no idea what was happening. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, so yeah, that'll be released tomorrow. Uh, I've usually been recently releasing around like two o'clock time Pacific, uh, five o'clock Eastern. So you'll probably see that up on the channel unless I get behind. Um, but I'll be up all night editing. I'm in the midst. It's a good one. It's got some chunky, good stuff in there. Um, and then we'll be getting to Thor next. And again, uh, we're planning on doing the Avengers movies live on Sunday nights, as well as probably some of the bigger ones like the civil wars. um, Maybe I just pull my favoritism card and do something like the Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, 
but it might become something that's like a live thing going just because the editing has actually been quite a bit for me. Um, but a hundred percent, the Avengers movies, you know, the stuff like Spider-Man, no way homes and the civil wars, uh, those will all be live watch alongs because the editing will just be a ridiculous on those. So stay tuned for those. I'll definitely keep you up to date here on this channel as well as on my Twitter. Um, because I'm not at a thousand uh, subscribers on YouTube, I can't post in the community chat. So if you guys have a Twitter, follow me. You could also follow either of us on Instagram. My handle is the same everywhere. It's Qui-Gon Jake. Um, I'll go ahead and change it right here, actually, so you can see it in case you don't. But I'm sure all of you already follow me. Um, my handle is the same everywhere. And I post these on all the social medias for all of our friends and family to see. So that is my handle on all social medias. Uh, it's posted on my Instagram story. It's posted on Twitter. Obviously posted here. Uh, so if you follow me, um, you'll find it. And I would love to get more subscribers. I found a lot of new people have found me via these. Uh, so it's been fun. There's been a lot of newcomers to this channel because of these watch alongs. So it's been really fun. And I appreciate all of you who've been watching me live for a while. Pop in here every once in a while and check this out. It's been a fun time. Um, but yes, again, Star Ward whiskey, everybody. Star Ward two full double grain Australian whiskey straight from the outback. Straight from Andy in the Outback. Uh, super, super excited. I'm very grateful to have this in my possession. Uh, Andy's an absolute champ for bringing this all the way over from Australia in that dreadful 20-hour flight. Um, but it was it, it was it was uh, a beautiful taste. I really enjoyed it. Actually, I'm gonna finish it off. I really enjoyed it. It had a really great whiskey, fruity sensation to it. Very. Uh, very kind of light compared to a typical bourbon. I'm getting so much berry and fruit right now with that taste, uh, but so different. And it's a really good clout, uh, clout, very good palate cleanser. If you've been heavy on uh, the bourbon and the rise and stuff. So uh, I definitely recommend it. I'm going to make sure Shawnee gets some. Um, but again, I'm going to run down a couple things real quick before I head out. Please don't leave just yet. Again, tomorrow, Iron Man 2 watch along. Uh, we'll be premiering again on the channel. Uh, you'll get to see Gabby's thoughts on the latest in the MCU. Uh, I do have a show coming out next week for the Whiskey Jedi. Um, and I'm being joined by uh, someone who I've actually never had a chance to talk to before. And that is Mark the Moose Haas. Uh, he'll be joining me next week. I'm super pumped, man. Uh, I've never had a chance to talk to him one-on-one -on -one before. Uh, he has found the show as of late. And I found out that he was a big whiskey and beer guy. Uh, very similar to me. I'm a big beer guy, big whiskey guy. I'm excited to talk some Star Wars and maybe some other stuff with him. So that'll be next Thursday. And then, as I mentioned, uh, I'll be breaking this down and, and building this in an upcoming episode, hopefully very soon, because it's just staring at me. Um, and then I'm also going to get Sean and Adam back on together for um, an episode on The Witcher. So uh, we'll definitely be covering The Witcher at a later date. And I'm super excited about that. Uh, Mon Mon Monisei, I want to say. I apologize for butchering your name. Uh, but we talked about Mary Elizabeth Winestead about the first 30 to 40 minutes of the show. Um, I took some questions toward the end. Uh, the first 30, 40 minutes of the show, I, I covered it in detail. And um, I geeked out a little bit about her joining Ahsoka. 
So rewind, check that out. I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, if you're a big fan of Mary Elizabeth Winestead, because I, I definitely talked about her quite a bit at the beginning of the show. So, uh, but again, everyone who's joined me, Andy, Galaxy Geeks, Luke over there, I see you, man. RD, Curtis, John, uh, Geo, Brandy, um, EM, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you guys all just joining me every single time. It's It's been an absolute blast um, doing these and, and doing them constantly. Like I've been, I've been able to, to do them quite more frequently, which I've really loved. And, uh, it's because you guys, you know, seeing you guys every week talking, you know, nonsense with me, I enjoy it. So, uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. If it's a weekend, uh, have a great weekend. Um, let's see, where am I at next POV next? It will be the next time. I think it's either on Sunday or Monday. I'll check that out. But again, have a great night, everybody. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye guys.